Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. I am Brad, and as always, I'm joined by our guy Brig. How are you now? What's up? I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> good to hear. But good to hear. What I should have said was, oh, not so bad, and you? Oh, <laughs> good and you? Oh, not so bad. Anyway. So, oh my gosh, I suck at that. Okay, go ahead. That's all right. That's all right. Pitter-patter, Brad. Pitter-patter. <laughs> Let's get at her. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot going on. We are a day late, but we are not a buck short. Um, we're gonna. We're just gonna get into three it. bucks short. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. Whatever. You might be. I am. I didn't. No, I'm not talking about you, Brad. I'm three bucks short. It's All fine. right. All right. Well, anyways, we've got we've got the Yankees in a free fall right now. Not a free for all. It's a free fall. Whoa. And then we're gonna hey. go through what. We will resurrect them a little bit. Hey, you know what? This, I'm this, I'm just here you know. to tell the facts. That's all. Fine. Mixed with opinion. <laughs> Facts mingled with opinion. That's what we're going to do here. But anyways, oh. so <laughs> okay, here we fuck. go. And then we're going to get into a new segment that we're going to be doing. We're going to spread this out over a long time. We're going to do this for every major league team. We're going to do Mount Rushmore's. So we're going to start today with, yes. speaking of which, the New York Yankees. That's so, right. All right. Let's get started. Brig, you got something on here called Moxie. Who's got Moxie? Moxie. Listen, I have to thank Bill Skabeski. Okay, he's a member of our our VIP private Facebook group for this gem here. Now, for those of you watching you on YouTube, you'll see me holding up a bright red can of Moxie soda. Mm. We Now, we talked about this on the podcast not long ago, and uh, Bill listened in and decided he could probably uh, afford me this opportunity. So he sent it in and I'm going to read you the publishers, the the company's description. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to try it for the very first time right here on the show. Oh, nice. Exciting. That is exciting. Very exciting. All right. So, so first of all, some of the backstory, is this not the product that was endorsed by Ted Williams? Right. This is the cola. Okay. Yeah. If I if I'm not mistaken, I think so. Anyway, here's what the here's here's what the description from the company says. Moxie has the distinction of being described as both a great tasting soda and an acquired taste. <laughs> however you describe, <laughs> however you describe it, one thing is for sure: it takes a special kind of Moxie to try it for the first time, and to love it forever. Live your life with Moxie. Buy some. All right, there we go. And I thought, yeah, it's a really audacious, you know, some audacious ad copy there. So I really appreciated it. Yeah. And I've just popped the top, and I'm going to try this now. It's, It takes, it does take some actual moxie from the company to say, it's delicious, 
but it's an acquired taste. That's not something I would buy, typically. Something that's described as an acquired taste. So, how is it? It's terrific. What kind of flavor is it? Is it like a a cola or like a root beer? Something completely different? it definitely has cola going on. Okay. But behind it and floating up from the rear is something that can only be described as... Oh, I want to say sassafras, but I just almost like I'm not confident. Almost in that like a sarsaparilla. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but it's got there's something else. I should look up a flavor profile. There it you go. even says distinctly different. <laughs> that is the <laughs> that is literally what it says on the can. Moxie, huh. distinctly different. One of those. And you know what that that might be the most accurate description. I can come up with, and I like I do words. Words, that's my thing. Yeah. So, yeah. well done, Moxie. One of those this, things where they can describe it as uniquely different. It's repetitive and redundant. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Without being guilty of any poopy pantsery whatsoever. Yeah. So, very excited to have this experience. Thanks, Bill. Very Appreciate cool. it. And we, uh, Bill and I, we discussed letting you have this experience too, Brad, and sending you some, but... We just decided it would be better to rub it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I'm fine. going to sip on this throughout the remainder of the show, <laughs> and uh, and I just need you to sit there, just wishing you were having this experience That's with me, just but fine. can't. That's just fine because I have my own beverage. It's it's a non-adult beverage that. Quite you talking about Moxie being an adult beverage. No, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> There's an adult on the beverage though. <laughs> Of the Moxie can. I'm just clarifying there's a man, that I have a... An, there's a man in a tie pointing at you. It's just terrific. <laughs> I'm, I was just clarifying that I have an unnamed beverage in my cup that happens to not be an adult drink. That's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, that's, oh, a, oh. that's what I'm saying. Great. Yes. Okay. So Unnamed, though. You're just going to dangle that in front of us? Very good. Well, Very good. Until they decide to pay that's me to <laughs> say it, I'm not going to. So, how's that? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. You're right. Uh, this delightful beverage, I'm not being paid to say anything about, but they should pay us though. This is pretty good. Right on. Very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. It's also good content. So thanks Bill. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It is. So, okay. Something I wanted to do today was I wanted to check in on the standings. They're a little bit crazy right now. Um, yeah. Like I feel like, so we painful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, for some, we because we did our we we did our kind of our halfway checkpoint, just like yeah. two weeks ago, right? And we're like, oh, we've yeah, got we a sure pretty did. good idea of what's going on, who's gonna make it, how things are gonna go, <laughs> and then of course, it like just everything got jumbled up. It's like all the standings got put in a blender, and I mean, you still got the White Sox on top of the Central. You've got the the Indians right there with them, but the Twins are falling a little bit. The Rays yeah. pretty much own the AL East. Um, I know that oh, I just good for them. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. But then you've got the Blue Jays who are surging like right on their heels, three and a half games back. And then the Yankees, like I said, in a free fall, currently 521 and 21, six and a half back of the Rays. And they're fighting for a wild card spot. Yeah, they are. And you know what is so funny to me? I was talking to a friend of mine, Lindsay, about this. And the Blue Jays are currently the best team in New York. <laughs> yes they are <laughs> they sure are 
Yeah. And that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we should take a minute and, and just appreciate well, that. Well, and it's, it's funny because I, I told one of my buddies, it was probably 10 years ago now, the Blue Jays were, were pretty good back then, but, you know, but you still had the Red Sox and the Yankees owned the AL East. I was like, you know, really the only way the, the Blue Jays are going to be able to make the playoffs or win the division is if they switch to the NL. It's like because they would, I, yes, they would have won the NL East like years over in a row. Yeah, at that point, for sure. But then they weren't even making the playoffs because they had the Red Sox and the Yankees to compete with. But yeah, but I mean, at this point, who knows? They could catch the Rays with the way they're playing because, like you've been saying, they're so young and so good. To, they don't even know better. They don't know they're supposed to. They be don't. Losing. That's exactly right. They don't know better. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a good thing, which kind of gets me along with. With the Mariners, I mean, Jerry Depoto's been making a bunch of moves. If you don't perform over the course of, like, three days, you're gone. You're going back That's to the alternate work. training site, and somebody else is getting a chance. you got Dylan Moore, who got brought up, who's been killing the ball. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. killing the ball for the Mariners. And Kyle Lewis is still batting over 300. He's kind of, like I said last week, he's kind of dropped down. He's batting, like, 315 or something like that right now. Right. But he, he's still he, – I mean, his OPS is, like, 950. So – yeah, I'll take it, you know. Well, they listen, the Yankees still have a better record than the Mariners, okay? They do, it's true. Um, so, <laughs> today, today the Yankees have a better record than the Mariners. We'll see how it goes Shut the end up. of the season. They do. <laughs> they do. Only by, like, let's see, a game and a half. By a game and yeah, a half I right see, now. I see that. Yeah, but, so, I just knocked on all the wood. It's fine. Knocking on all of it. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> well, but you're right. Two weeks ago, we were like, ah, yeah, okay, here's what's going to happen. And now nothing makes sense again. <laughs> I, f- I feel like we said, you know, there are 27 games left or whatever when we talked. Yeah. And now wh- wh- how many games do we have left? Like 11. 17? 11. 11? Yeah. The, oh, my gosh. The A's are 25 and 14 playing a game right now. 25 plus 14, I mean, that's 39, right? No, sorry, 21 games to go. 21 games to go. I was like, Brad, I can't be 11. I don't I know I don't have math skills. I never have. Everybody leave me alone. But but I know it's got to be more than 11. Yeah. 21 games to go. Well, okay, so yeah. 17 wasn't far off, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did, I did the math earlier today and I was counting to see how many games the Mariners would have to win to catch the Astros, like how many each oh. team is probably going to win and it was I, I figured that the Astros are probably going to win 11 games to finish out the season. And that's yeah. – I don't think that's sweeping anybody. That's just splitting some series. But I yeah, that's where right. 11 comes from. But anyways, no, Fine. I mean, it's it's insane. 21 games to go, which mm-hmm. is the sprint of the sprint. That is the home stretch. But the problem yeah. that I have – I mean, last, last week I, I kind of talked about how the Yankees are having a hard time, how they stink. And they've reached the point of excuses – because I yeah. was I was ready to come on this week and be like, you know what, I was wrong. The Yankees don't stink. They're going through a rough time. You know who stinks is the Red Sox, but they they stink. They, they stink. Yeah, but at the same time though, the fact that the Yankees have reached the point of excuses where they're saying the lighting was bad the other night, that's yeah. like that's why they lost to the Blue Jays. Like, no, it wasn't the lighting. You got tagged for like ten runs in one inning. That's why you lost, not because of the lighting. Because the Blue Jays are playing under the same lighting, and you were playing on the same lighting all game long. It was just a bad inning, and that's the way things go. Yeah. But when you get to the point yeah, of is. excuses, to me, that's a losing team. You're a loser if you're making excuses about that kind of stuff. 
Whoa. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, just going to say it. Just going to say listen, it. Listen. I had a full body yes is what happened. That's why I said, whoa. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I didn't. I felt the weight of the truth there. Because you're right. It comes down to mindset. That's mm-hmm. what everybody talks about, Yankee magic. And that's what it's all about. It's this tenacious, <laughs> resilient thing. Yeah. And and they don't have that right now. No. Uh, and I don't no. know why. I can't figure out why. Some guys do. Luke Voigt's a gr- decent example, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's killing the ball. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he can't do it all by himself, and he's not. Right. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. They're in a free-for-all, though. Yeah. Free fall. Yeah. Sorry. No. You're, see? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's that old uh, um, Dana Carvey, George Bush. Yeah. I said the economy yeah. was in a free-for-all. wasn't in a free-fall. It's in a free for all. <laughs> Not prudent. Not gonna do it. I haven't thought about Dana Carvey's comedy in I don't know how long, but I really am glad you brought it up. I feel like discussing Dana Carvey's comedy and its precipitous decline also coincides nicely with the Yankees' precipitous decline. See, everything everything here movie. goes hand in hand. Is is how that Fine. works. It's how it all Fine, works. Brad. <laughs> but it was really well played. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, keep an eye on those standings. I mean, it's it's a day-to-day situation. I mean, minute-to-minute yeah. right now because, like I said, the the Yankees and the Astros have a game and a half, have the yeah. have that wild card. Well, I guess the Astros are second place, but still, they only have a game and a half on the Mariners. And the AOS is going to get a little crazy there with the second and third spot with the way the Mariners have been yeah. playing. Um because it's, well, it's nuts. Okay, check this out, though. If you jump over to the National League, let me just read the streak list all mm-hmm. the way down, okay? Okay. Chicago, one win. Cardinals, one win. Brewers, lost two. Reds, lost one. Pirates, won one. Braves, lost one. Phillies, won two. Marlins, <laughs> won one. Mets, lost two. Nationals, won two. Dodgers, lost two. Padres, won two. Giants, win three. They're the outlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... The Rockies uh, lost one. The D-backs lost three. There you go. I mean, come on. Yeah. And it it feels like it's one of those things where everybody's like, you know what? We've got a shot because there's just yeah. enough just enough wear and tear on the pitchers for teams that are going to have to play double headers. And yeah. it's – yeah, it's – I always think of situations like this where teams that shouldn't be winning think they have a chance. I mean, you, you've seen cars, right? Yeah, I see Cars every day. Well, the movie Cars, you know, the Pixar movie Cars. Oh, yeah, okay. I've seen the movie Cars. So I, <laughs> so I always think of this. You know, at the end, no, 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 it's the it's the very beginning, the very beginning, when Lightning McQueen gets yeah. a flat tire and then you've got the king and um, what I can't, Chip, Chick Hicks, they're like, they see yeah. that he's got a yeah. flat, he's, they see he's got a flat tire so he can't go his full speed and they kick it into next gear and they, they speed around to catch up to him. Yeah. I feel like that's what happens in the standings is that teams see a little bit of a vulnerability or they see um, a team up ahead of them going a little bit of a skid and they're like, uh, we can catch them. Yep. And then things get kicked into that, that next gear. And I feel like that's why we've seen some of that madness uh, this season. That's and you see it all good. the time. Like you see it in other sports all the time, I feel like, but that's the best, the best like depiction of that idea that, I, that I've ever been able to come up yeah. with. Yeah. Oh. So. That's good. I like that. Yeah, you're right. All right. Um, the Brewers DFA'd Smoke and Morrison. Yes, Justin Smoke and Logan Morrison. 
A couple. This made you really sad. Well, no, it didn't actually. Logan Morrison a little bit. I actually like Logan Morrison. He's uh, one of the few players I actually follow on Instagram, like with my personal Instagram. And he's he's a pretty good follow. Mm -hmm. He's a funny guy. I liked him when he played for the Mariners. Um, Good, not great. Like a serviceable first baseman. Um, Pretty decent hitter. But Justin Smoke, I was kind of like, he's had that coming. Because he was so bad when he was in Seattle. And then he goes to Toronto, and he's – He's an all-star for a season and played pretty well there. And I was just like, yeah, he did. Who was this guy? I'm like so mad still about it. And then now he goes to, goes to Milwaukee and now he gets DFA. And I'm like, that's the guy I know. That's the, that's the Justin Smoke yeah, guy I'm familiar yeah, yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that's I feel like that bad. made sense, but it's interesting that, um, Trevor Bauer pointed out that both these guys hit homers off him last week and they got DFA'd like the next day. <laughs> it's a conspiracy could be it's the only thing could be he even said in the tweet he's like so the moral of the story here is don't homer off me i was like "Eh, all right there you go that's right (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah but anyway speaking of failing to hit the ball out of the park let's really quick touch on uh Mm j-lo and yes a rod still trying to buy the mets yeah it's i just don't like it still it it's still so weird and they came out. It came out today that J Lo has said that she would be basically the controlling partner of the group. Um, yeah. That it wouldn't be A Rod, and I, they're thinking that that's going to give them the, I guess, the bump that they're going to need to get to get the team. But uh, I mean, A Rod said that he thought that the negotiations were fixed because um, who's the who is the shoot? I had it. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember the other guy. Who uh, who's been negotiating by the Mets? He's actually within the organization. He's got considerably more money than than they do because he's got oh. he's worth like seventeen point three billion dollars. So I feel like whatever they're going to offer, uh, he he could up it, you know, because they're only going to be able to offer so much because they're she's a a pop star actress, and then they've got a bunch of athletes in their group. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. um, it's. Cohen. What's his first name? Can't remember. I've got it. Maybe. Joel. Ethan. No. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> anyway. You loved that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Shot it. Steve Cohen. That's what I was going to say that next. Oh, were you? Okay. I believe you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he's offered – so how about this? He's offered to buy the Mets for $2.35 billion. Um, the negotiations have kind of gone behind closed doors. A-Rod's saying that he believes that, that the sale is fixed because of this, but really what it is is it's it's kind of like an inside hire. He's, he's selling they're, – they're looking to sell to it like an inside person, right? Yeah, they're op- so, it's like optioning. Yeah, so he's – says he's worth $14.3 billion. He's going to have way more money than anybody else. He's already a minority owner. So I don't think that J-Lo and A-Rod have a chance here, and I don't think they should because I don't think A-Rod needs to own a team. He needs to stay in the announcer's booth. Yeah, he's terrific. Yeah, he's he's too good at that. He he shouldn't be an owner because I don't think he'd do. Yeah, do he is too it. good. So Yeah. But anyways. Well, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about um, – the New York Yankees, Mount Rushmore. Hey, babe, I'm headed to concession. Do you want me to grab you something? Yeah, anything, whatever you're getting. Okay, I saw a burger. I'll probably grab that. No, that doesn't sound good. 
Okay, I think there's barbecue, probably some nachos. Uh, I don't think I want either of those either. Um, but just get me anything. What do you want? Uh, I saw a hot dog earlier. Okay, I can do that. Well, no. Couples may quarrel, but baseball is for lovers. Shop the Lovers Collection at 9plusus.com. All right, baseball family, welcome back. Uh, for those of you watching, you see I'm still drinking Moxie and Brad is not. And for those of you listening, now you know. So, um, <laughs> it's very exciting. We are going to talk about the New York Yankees. Um, and typically, I really revel in this topic mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. However, today's episode is filled with pain on so many levels. First, <laughs> because of the free fall that Brad just decided to pick up and throw at me. And then now Brad has asked me to come up with whom I believe are the four best players in the history of the franchise. Mm -hmm. And that that is equally painful experience <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know how you come up with only four. Uh th though I I did. <laughs> um yeah. And uh, don't judge me. So, well, that's why we did four instead of like ten because it's, yeah, it's yeah. difficult. There's a challenge there. I want to challenge your brain with this break. <laughs> well, you got that taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> did it? Like the only way you could have made it harder was to involve math. Oh wait, <laughs> that's what statistics are. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. Anyway. All right, so what Brady. we're going to so do, like Brad said, is we're going to set this up. Four, the four mm -hmm. best players. Brad's got his opinion. I have mine. I'm going to be right. He's going to be wrong. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, Brad. How do you want to break right. this down? Let's go ahead and do two each, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll do the last two. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. All right. I, I can split things in half with my math, so <laughs> that, that much yeah. I can do. That's a little advanced right. for me, so but otherwise, <laughs> that's fine. division and fractions, and I don't know it's, it's, all kinds do of it. things. Do it, Brad. Do the voice, Brad. Uh, division and fractions, <laughs> all sorts of calculations. I don't know. Yes. Oh boy, I okay. love it when you do that. All right. Just, I went from being in pain to now I'm happy and in pain. All right. So good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> All right, Brad, go ahead with your with your first. Who you have? And this is in no particular order. This is just if you had to make a, a Mount Rushmore of Yankees, it would yeah. be your four that would go on there. Oh my word! Okay, we're we're not we're not ranking. It's just four, four. I mean, we're ranking a little bit though. But stop. Okay, here's <laughs> here's the problem. Um, so I asked myself. All right, my first two answers. We'll get to those in the next segment. Those were easy, right? I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this guy and this guy, got it. No big deal. But then yeah. filling this this number three and number four slot, and I know you want them to be on an equal plane, but you can't because one and two are so easy. So okay. yeah, all right. So then, so then I'm like, all right, was, I already have two position players. Do I need a pitcher? Do I not? I can I pitch? 
traditionally the Yankees haven't had tremendous starting pitching. Um, we really only have had one really excellent reliever in the history of the franchise. But that was really recent. So it's like, is that a disservice to all the other position players who came before Mariano Rivera? And it's like, well, I don't know. That's an impossible equation to solve. Anyway, th- so I went with I went with Joe D. I went with DiMaggio. He is on my Mount Rushmore of the New York. That Yankees. was that was the one that I was going to go with first. So, well, shut up! Have... Are you serious? True story. Yep. Jolton what? Joe. Jolton yeah. Joe. All yeah, right. I got him. All right. So, let's talk about him. Three twenty-five average with his time in New York. He only played for New York. So it was 1936-1951. average is fantastic. And 361 home runs, 1,537 RBIs with a career war of 78.1. It's insane. Yeah, that is. 78.1 is only bested by the other names on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just to give you an idea, it's rough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, these are some of the things I looked at. He's got three MVPs. Yeah, he led the league in home runs in two seasons, a nine seventy seven career OPS. That's outstanding. God, for sure. Somebody hit that for their career. Um, I mean, every year he played, he was an all star. He started age twenty one, took three years off from military service from forty three to forty five. And then came yep. straight back, didn't miss a beat, all-star in his last season, 51 at age 36. I mean. At 36. Yeah. Come on now. Now, yeah, and those then, three those three years he took off in the middle, it was his 28, 29, and 30th years. Those were, which, which now are your big contract that's years. That's right. Yeah, So that's exactly. the prime of your career. Yes. So those are, big, those are big years to miss. Huge. Huge. And then he came back remarkably unharmed. I mean, mm-hmm. remarkable. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Given the gravity of the situation, that that is right. insane. So, yeah. He has a, his rookie year, 323 with 29 homers and 125 RBIs. His rookie year. Yeah. That's and, uh, that's millions of dollars <laughs> in uh, contract money. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, I mean his his rookie season he finished eighth in the MVP and and I mean the big thing is the is the hit streak fifty six mm-hmm. game hit streak came to an yeah. end July seventeenth nineteen forty one yeah. so I mean the fact that he was twenty five twenty six yeah. when he did that that's that's fan, that's that's amazing I mean he was just from start to finish he was a great player I mean his last season obviously at thirty six was subpar by his standards but his standards are already sure. set so high that for mo- that's i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's below average but i mean he's no. still he still hit 263 yeah so it's I, respectable it's not, yeah it's respectable it's it's a good it's a good season to go out on so, now he did all this in only 13 seasons right. as well that's that's yeah. something worth noting and then mm-hmm. The only argument against Joe DiMaggio is his postseason performance is substandard. I mean, sub Joe D standards, right? It's not like yeah. Yeah. they're not bad at all. They're just not, uh, you know, 
323 with 29 homers. That there's yeah. So, but he was part of nine World Series championships. Yeah, that's outrageous. That's nine somebody to have in 13 somebody to have years. nine rings in any sport, <laughs> but especially nine World Series in that short of amount of time. That's something yeah. else. It's insanity. And, and the thing is, you know, with baseball, you've got to have guys around you, and we'll get to that later. But yeah. at the same time, the fact that they were able to do it that many times, it's pretty stacked. Yeah. Let's get to the guys around him right now. All right. Go ahead with your next one since we both had Joe D. Uh, Yogi Berra is my next one. Ah, that's my next one, too. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm obviously super biased. <laughs> yeah, you are. With, yeah, with Yogi Berra because he's a catcher. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he's more famous for his time <laughs> playing or the goofy things he's said throughout the course of his life. Yeah. You know, like it's deja vu all over again. There's, there's certain things that we say every single day that I didn't, I, like I've been saying that my whole life because my dad used to say it all the time. I had yeah. no idea. I was probably 20 before I realized that was <laughs> a jo- uh, a Yogi Berra-ism. Yeah. So, you know, he has all sorts of, funny goofy things and that may be from so many years of catching i don't know but probably i mean he's probably just a goofy guy all around but so uh career with the yankees 1946 to 63 okay Mm -hmm. back off that's a really long time and then especially for a catcher yeah no joke 280 and he maintained a 285 average throughout the entire career Mm -hmm. which so is i feel like really good for a catcher back then good for a catcher now but it's it's not a position that they that you typically expect somebody to hit above two seventy five. Yeah, you know if you're hitting two fifty, okay. But but yeah, a two a two eighty five lifetime average as a catcher is pretty good because you're doing dealing with so many other other things, maintaining a swing and a scattering port on opposing pitchers. Yeah, is is a lot to go into. It is a lot. Well, and he still he had 358 home runs, 1,430 RBIs, career war 59.5, and mm-hmm. that's also astronomical, mm-hmm. um, especially, again, given the duration of his career because he played forever. So He did. And the other thing, too, that sticks out to me with, with Yogi Berra compared to the it, with the position is he had three MVPs. Yeah. No other catcher has ever had three MVPs. I mean, you've That's had right. guys like Joe Maurer, Pudge Rodriguez, who were in the top, in the upper echelon of players, period, during the time that they were playing, but they weren't. And same thing, same thing with Buster Posey. Right. But they they didn't have the sustainability of their performance to win three MVPs. And his were stretched over one, two, three, four, five years, three MVPs yeah. in five years, and he finished yeah. top five those other two years, and then one year before his first one. So, and then well, he, and then he's runner up the year after he won his last one. That's so right. That's like, gosh, that's seven years of <laughs> as an MVP not just candidate. a dominant catcher, yeah, but a, as a dominant player, it's amazing. Right, and not just a yeah, like you said, not just a catcher. Now he, there were only three seasons he played in which he was not an all star. Only three. Mm-hmm. That's first shocking. Two. First two in his well, last four, one. four technically, uh, because. Yeah. The, the 1965 season probably doesn't count because he played four games with the Mets was all, and that yeah. might have just been like a, that might have just been a cash grab on the Mets part. Yeah, I don't think it had anything but, to do with. But yeah. yeah, three seasons with the Yankees where he wasn't where he wasn't an All Star. I'm which, just talking about his time during his yeah it, it, mm-hmm. when he played for for the Yankees. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ten World Series championships. So that's amazing. That and is amazing. 
Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Yogi Berra, arguably, I mean, you could, I don't know if I'd put him as the best catcher ever just because of, A, his time period. Um, I don't know if you took Yogi Berra in his prime and brought him to the current major league with the speed that you have on the base paths now, how mm-hmm. he would do, or with the kind of stuff pitchers have now. I don't know how he would do, but yeah. I feel like somebody like Johnny Bench might translate a little bit better because he's more um, more of a contemporary, but at the same time, you know, I don't know how well those guys that trans- translate. Okay, you but ready? I'm going to transfer whole... some of this for you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, his 1,430 RBIs, is mm-hmm. the most in MLB history by a catcher, still. I believe that, yeah. And only Mike Piazza, Johnny Bench, and Carlton Fisk have more career home runs than Yogi Berra. That's it, in that position. Yeah, and part of that goes for longevity, which is saying something, like I said, for a catcher. Yeah. Because it's the position is brutal on your body, not just your knees, but the whole, your entire body. And yeah, the but then to maintain an effective long. swing, yeah. not just mm-hmm. an effective serviceable swing to put it in play, but this guy mm-hmm. was cranking him out mm-hmm. for the whole his whole career, and now he's I on mean, a list where he's top four of all time catchers with home runs. You know, home runs. So his oh, it's crazy. His last season with the Yankees, where he was not an All Star, he still hit two ninety three over sixty four games. Yeah, with eight, with eight home runs. Yeah. That's one home run every eight games. Yeah. Quick math yeah. for you. Right. Thanks, Brad. So <laughs> check out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> Calculations <laughs> and computations on the fly. <laughs> oh, good, good. So we we I can't believe we overlapped so hard again. That I love when I we do that. Either. We do it every time. <laughs> At least something. Now it's I'm been worried twice. there's only gonna be one where we're not gonna overlap I, on this. I do too. I do too. And I think so. everybody knows with the other one we will overlap on, but we'll get to that yeah. in a minute. Let's take yeah. a break, and when we come back, we will continue to s- just drool over the Yankees' history. <laughs> Welcome back, baseball family. All right, let's get into the last little bit of our Mount Rushmore. Rick, should we do... Um... Yes, I was going to suggest the same thing. I already know what you're going to say. Go ahead. You're going to say, should we do the one we both know Yeah, is going, we're going to agree on first? Is that yeah. what you're going to say? Yeah, then we can debate a little bit at the end. Yes, so. I knew it. <laughs> also, would like the listeners and viewers at home to know I'm going to take my last sip of Moxie. I saved it for this segment to rub it in Brad's face one more time. I'll take one more sip of my unnamed drink. <laughs> okay. Go. All right. Let's do this. All right, let's set it up first. Let me okay. set it up first. All right. Okay, check it out. This player, in only 14 seasons with the club, okay. averaged 349, 659 home runs, 1,978 RBIs, with a war in those 14 years. Sit down. 142.6. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody want to take a guess? <laughs> it's Whitey Ford. No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> It's the babe. 
the wimpy deer himself. That wimpy deer. Yeah. The colossus of clout. The colossus of clout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for repeating it. Thank I you just, so I much. Just, yeah. I get, you have to. Yeah. You have to. Even if Thank nobody you. in the same, like, even if there's nobody in the area who's going to repeat it, I'll repeat it to myself. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> every, every time. Every I'll, time. I'll say the Colossus of Clout, and then I'll look around, and you got about <laughs> 0.5 seconds yep, to yep. say it. And if you don't, then I'll go, the Colossus of Clout. And yeah. then I'm done having the conversation. I'll just leave. I'm clearly you, not with my people. Do you ever say to yourself, shut up, Tommy? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nobody puts Briggy in the corner. All right. <laughs> Here. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> so right. baby Ruthie yes. is uh definitely she at is. the top of this whoever she is. <laughs> she, she's definitely <laughs> This is way too much fun <laughs> but anyways so i mean okay, so i i i've been on i've been on the record as saying that i believe babe ruth is overrated but that is yeah, only by standards of comparing him to today's game his dominance in his game which is really all you can ask for as far as like somebody being the greatest like like I'll be honest with you, I don't truly think that Babers is overrated. Like I don't truly believe that. I, like I said, it's compared to today's game. I think he would be an above average player. However, his dominance at the time and the way that he played the game and changed the game forever and was just this mythical creature, mythical creature character who the only way people knew about him. I think people are going to start doubting that my unnamed beverage is not an adult beverage. I think yeah, going to start right. I'm there with you. Yeah. I don't know what they put in this moxie, but I'm giggly. But, but Thanks, Bill. Babe Ruth was this mythical character who nobody got to watch on TV. If you saw him, it was in real life. And then you were getting yeah. what happened relayed to you by a creative writer who was a journalist saying, he was the biggest man on the field. His home runs were colossus and towering and hit 600 feet. You know, like that's the way that the message was conveyed. And that's part of the reason yeah. of the mythology surrounding Babe Ruth. And the, I mean, the only way you can describe it is godlike. You well, know, yeah, he was larger than life in he every was. way. Yeah. He was, what was it? More than a man, but less than a God is how they describe him on Sandlot, yeah. which is yes. probably real. But yeah, I mean. It's it's amazing because he was unlike anything anybody had ever seen to the point to that point. He completely changed yeah. the game, ushered out the dead ball era, yeah. ushered in. You know, it wasn't launch angle at the time, but that's really what it was. You know, let's try right. to hit the ball over the fence because I can. Why not? So. And the uh, journalist you were referring to was probably Red Smith, by the way. Um, <laughs> and he probably talked like, like this. See, no, no, but he was a terrific <laughs> sports writer. If, if you haven't read Red Smith on baseball, um, you should. It's a compilation of his best baseball writing columns. He wrote columns for a long, yeah. long time. And uh, it's a really hard book to find. I found one a couple years ago. Um, anyway, it's terrific. If you get a chance, get your, get your hands on a copy. But especially if you're into sports writing like we are. Yes, All right, are. moving yeah. on. So now listen, um, 
I think this speaks for itself. I don't. I don't. I mean, we could continue to back this up. We're all a little shocked that you did now are taking the position that he's not overrated. Because, I that makes my heart happy, um, in ways I don't think you'll ever understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just been waiting for you to recuse your previous position. And now I feel so vindicated and I'll never ask you for anything again. But all right. Okay. Just kidding. I right, that Take is my a headphones lie. off that we'll is... call right there. <laughs> Thanks, baseball family. For... <laughs> the cool thing about the babe is that his postseason game did not flag at all, right? Like mm-hmm. he was he was the same player largely throughout the regular season as he was in the postseason, of which he had plenty of experience. Well, I mean, or through which. So let's put it this this right here for just a second, Kay. I mean, this stat alone, I feel like, stands for what you just said. So he had a yeah. career OPS, highest career OPS ever, by the way, of one point one six four. Okay. Yeah. Now. In ten years in the postseason, career OPS one point two one four. Jeez! So somebody who's dominating pitching in the regular season season got better in the postseason. Like I mean, it's amazing. How often does that happen? Uh, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's because usually somebody like that, their numbers are, might be watered down in the regular season. But no, they're. It was just. This is who I am in the regular season. Oh, it's postseason? Kick it up a notch. Boom. Kick, yeah, kick it up. So uh, It's amazing. It's it's unreal to see that and to see that that was something that went on with somebody who has one MVP award. Yep, <laughs> just one. And I can't figure that out, honestly. I think it's just a pro- – I just think he's a victim of his time. That I don't know if they necessarily either A, voted for it every year – or B, there was voter fatigue. Like, well, Babe is obviously yeah. in a league of his own. Yeah. Let's let's talk about some. Let's bring somebody else in here who can. Yeah, but they. What's interesting is they don't do that as much now, and they should. Right. I mean, there's a reason Mike Kraut is first or second every single year because he's he's That's better right. than everybody else. He's in a league of his own, and you yes. know, voter fatigue is a real thing. You see it in the NBA. You see it in the NFL. Um, but I don't feel like you see it quite as much in baseball. Yeah, and so I, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Interesting, interesting stuff. So the babe's got to go on the wall <clears throat> yeah. on this this chiseled, oh. you know, mountain thing we're building here. Yep. the The next one though is up for debate, and this is the thing. This is I guarantee we're going to disagree on this, Brad. Mm-hmm. I really want to know who you have. Okay, my number one. Well, I guess I shouldn't say number one the, because the we're remaining not. slot. My sure. remaining, my fourth person to go on. My Mount Rushmore, and not like I said, out of any order, um, is the I guess the the top number one comparison for a certain type of hitter, and mm. was a <clears throat> sixteen-time All Star. Oh, over an eighteen-year career. Okay. Mickey a Mantle. career 18 years with the Yankees or 18, 18 years? years with the Yankees, Mickey Mantle. <laughs> so the Mick. So I grew up, I mean, everybody pretty much grew up watching TBS. So you got to watch like Braves games, right? No, just about no matter where you yeah. lived, if you had cable. So I grew up a huge Chipper Jones fan. 
Yeah. Love Chipper Jones. And Me I remember too. every time he hit home runs along the way because he's a switch hitter. Yeah. In his career, it was always like, oh, he's this many behind Mickey Mantle at this point. Mickey Mantle yeah. is the standard. I, I guess not the standard, but like top level for switch hitters because he was so good. And yeah. And I feel like anybody who can lead the league with 37, 52, 42, and 40 home runs, that's a switch hitter. I mean, come no, on. Seriously. I, I can't even that's hold insane. a bat left-handed. I can't even hold a bat left-handed, much less swing one and hit a home run. Like yeah. To be able to maintain both swings through the course of your career and still at the end of your career when you're 36 years old and you don't have the training, nutrition, and everything that players have now and you're hitting 18 no, yeah. home runs – over yeah. 144 games, that's unreal yeah. to me. So, I mean, the the guy had a career OPS of 977. Again, that is very very good. Pushing if you're pushing a thousand on your OPS, like, come on, that's that's awesome. Seriously, it so, is. Especially as a switch hitter, because switch hitters typically are guys who they just kind of bring something different, right? Like. Okay, like yeah. I, I can yeah. face, I can, I can sit on the left side of the plate and face a righty. Typically, they're more dominant on the left side because you see more righties. And then you go over to the right side when you happen to see lefty, and you're just fine. But I mean, it's it's unreal to me that somebody can do both sides and be as as strong a hitter as Mickey Mantle was. So I've I've got to put him on Mount Rushmore because I mean, like I said, it's something that I can't even fathom doing i i tried several times to become a switch hitter growing up because i thought it was awesome wanted to try it like i said big chipper jones fan and also i wanted to have that sweet left-handed swing where when you hit it out you can kind of strut a little bit like griffey oh yeah couldn't do it could not do it so Mm -hmm. i hand it to switch hitters everywhere all the time and you uh, have to and especially a guy who won three mvps i mean that's that's awesome so mickey mantle is my final member of my Mount Rushmore. Who you got, Brig? Well, I can't tell you it's not a tremendous selection. You made all the great arguments. However, I think that my selection is better. And <laughs> naturally <laughs> I'll tell you why. Uh, I suggest you let this marinate for a minute. Okay, right. so <laughs> this guy played sixteen years with the Yanks. Sixteen. Mm-hmm. 340 average over that period, 493 home runs, 1,995 RBIs. Okay, a war over that 16-year period of 112.4. 112.4 war, which is, again, insane. Mm-hmm. This man, Henry Lou Gehrig, Played <laughs> two thousand one hundred thirty consecutive ball games. Now, just like you and the comparisons with Chipper Jones, Mickey Mantle, watching this growing up, I, I had the same experience with Cal Ripken Jr. chasing Lou Gehrig's iron horse record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, it was the same thing. There was always this parallels, always the comment. Lou Gehrig was always in the headline, right beside Cal Ripken Jr.'s name. He yeah. had to be. Yeah. And it was it was it just like you said with those two, it was undeniable. And the so I know this is a nostalgic choice for me. I understand that that I have a lot of really personal reasons that I that I love 
Lou Gehrig. Um, but, I mean, check just his stats alone are absolutely insane. Um, two MVPs, 27 and 36, and in the top five, six other seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, check this out. So his career um, average was 340, but in the postseason, he hit 361. Just this postseason time, his his average went up to 361. That's, that's a, over the course of his career. That's even with 119 at bats. Yep. That's insane. and it's insane and uh, six six rings as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, come on, it's it's an undeniable thing mm-hmm. on the field. Then you take all of the uh, implications, cultural, the the, the you, you get ALS and his legacy with battling the disease and the inspiration he continues to provide every day for people battling uh, not just ALS, but any disease, anything Mm -hmm. that is debilitating and keeps them pinned down. And he becomes this tour de force, this cultural icon of resilience and motivation and dignity and honor. And you think like you look, if you haven't read anything about Lou Gehrig, you have to. Because mm. everybody that talks about him says that he was humble and quiet and dignified. And everything he did was with care and consideration for other people. I mean, you cannot have a better cultural figurehead. You cannot mm. have, I don't know. I just think that if we're going to put somebody on Mount Rushmore, this man transcends baseball. And here we are, you know, mm-hmm. decades and decades later after he passed, and he still inspires people. I mean, yeah, and, and it has nothing to do with baseball, right? Yeah, and that was actually one of the things as I was going through. You know, I guess like we said, the first three were pretty easy, at least for me. Yeah, you know, sure. I knew I knew going into it, I was going to have Yogi Bear, obviously, Babe. Um, but for me, it came down to between Mickey Mantle and Lou Gehrig, like I almost went with Lou Gehrig because everything you just said, his, his legacy transcends the baseball diamond out to everyday culture. So I, yeah. I totally get, it. I think it's a great selection because like I said, I almost made the same one. We almost had four for four, which I'm glad wow. we didn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for me, Mickey Mantle, I guess the, the name resonates with me as far as you know the switch hitter and, and and such an accomplishment so i think either way you can go, you you can't go wrong and and the thing that is so cool about this is you know you look at the list of yankees over the history that mariano yeah. rivera is the 10th best yankee ever as far as war goes yeah he is like that's just insane to think about that somebody who was lights out that you know his his walk-in music was enter sandman because it was like good night game over every time he came yeah. in he's the 10th considered the 10th best yankee and is just because he's a closer so right and he was a closer <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but then again we gotta we have to talk about his ability to remove innings yes yeah right so that it, and that's the magic is that he he the other teams just didn't get an opportunity to play full nine this, yeah, it was, it was, it was an eight-inning game. It was an eight-inning game with Mariano Rivera, yeah. for sure. Right. Absolutely. No, and it's that's amazing. There, there are other names, and that's the problem with trying to pick four. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, we're going to do this with every team. It's going to be very mm-hmm. exciting. Before we go, I have 
a baseball memorabilia moment for us. Let's do it. Are you ready for this? It's on I'm so theme, ready. actually. <clears throat> so, Brad, did you know that you can buy a 1930 payroll check? Oh, really? Not only made out, yeah, not only made out to, but signed by Lou Gehrig himself. Oh, wow. I know. Fully certified authenticity by the, mm -hmm. there's a couple of agencies that do it really, really well, and uh, this one is by James Spence Authentication LLC, and um, the the check is also uh, signed by Jacob Rupert and Ed Barrow of the club, and it's got it's it's got the whole punches in it and everything. Okay, okay. now <clears throat> the check is made out for a total of two thousand two hundred ninety two dollars forty seven cents. That's oddly specific, and I really like that. I think. <laughs> yeah. And I will. I will tell you that it's salary. So here's what it says on it. Salary, June 16th to June 30th. Um, then it includes guest room or guest dining room and a Cadillac. So we probably got to ride somewhere. And then another guest dining room in the, in, a, in this particular hotel that the charges for the, the ride and the, the board uh -huh. were, or the room rather two ninety five and, 270 respectively so that added up to five dollars and 65 cents <laughs> yeah that's it's neat this whole thing is neat so it's two-sided that's the difficulty here it's two-sided um so you have to look at it in a, in a plastic sleeve to get the full mm -hmm. story but brad what do you think this is going for that's the question oh my goodness um definitely <laughs> more than what it's written for i would say um, sure, and the thing that's cool about that is that it gets a little bit of a peek into a day in the life of a big leaguer. Yeah, you know, you said it was what nineteen thirty. Yep. So I think that's pretty cool, and gosh, I don't even know what that would go for. It. I mean, I would venture a guess of probably around like I'm going to say forty thousand, Bob. Well, that's exceptionally high. Is it? Okay. Yeah, and it's interesting because it. Every time I look at these baseball memorabilia things, I always I always do the same thing. My knee jerk reaction is to overprice everything, mm -hmm. and then well, I look at it and I think, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Well, part of it is because the people who collect this stuff, money's not an issue for them, so it's like, ah, whatever. You know, it's yeah, just, it's yeah. just money. It's just money. But. Yeah, I haven't I know. figured that out yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> getting there in my head. Anyway, I don't know. All right, so the minimum bid is $7,500. Okay. Or excuse me, uh, yeah, $7,500. And the current bid on this particular, five people are bidding on it. There are 11 days, 21 hours, 55 minutes, and 30 seconds left on this particular uh, auction. Five mm -hmm. bids. Current bid is at $9,500. Okay. That's a. I yeah, I mean I guess that makes cool. sense because it's kind of an obscure <laughs> it's kind of an obscure item. Oh yeah. Uh, um. For sure. You know, it's but not, it's neat. It is neat. It's very cool. It, like if I went into somebody's office and they had a bunch of stuff and they said, "I got a payroll check, Lou Gehrig." That's pretty cool. <laughs> Nineteen thirty, and you're like, "That's, that's pretty, pretty cool." cool. Yeah, yeah that's like pretty it. cool. <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was I thought that was neat. Kind of went outside the box. Not a signed baseball, but yeah. Uh, right on. Yeah. There's our memorabilia moment for this week. Yeah. Right on. Well, Brig, you want to wrap us up? Yeah. In tape, bro. So listen, baseball family, I don't know what that means. Uh, baseball family, I, I just want you to know I'm wearing my Baseball Together podcast logo hoodie today in red. We have more of your cold weather gear coming. There is some on the website right now at 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. Go get yourself something nice. It's getting cold. I've been thinking a lot about our friends in Philadelphia and in Chicago and even our neighbors in the great white north that are now in buffalo we're very excited that you're here and we have cold weather gear for you and your baseball pleasure so jump on the shop more is coming if you want early access discount codes etc you got to join the vip group on facebook it's the nine plus us vips if you find our page uh, that is open and then you go to the groups tab you can request access and we'd be happy to let you in right now we're running a tournament which is actually just uh, just vicious it about is. The, it <laughs> the best baseball films, yeah, and uh, it's, and it's, it's a little it's, bit heated, a little bit heated. It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat. Yeah, yeah, it's not even. It's, it's very unpleasant actually. But it's, <laughs> it's about the the least pleasant experience we've had on the group so far, and everyone is having a really fun time. But it is very intense. <laughs> <laughs> People care a lot about their baseball movies. I've noticed. So. I do too. And if you don't think Rookie of the Year has the best soundtrack, perhaps in all of sports film history, I don't understand. We we probably can't be friends. <laughs> I told somebody that on the group a couple days ago, and I was like, "Sorry, man." <laughs> well, what was it? Somebody said they said uh, something about how Rookie of the Year was like they need to be broken into serious and and comedy. Yeah, that's. And I said, think oh, I don't know how you said can't that, right? Yeah, and he said, I, I don't know how you can't take Rookie of the Year seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I, yeah. But it's yeah, very it's serious to like me. <laughs> typical break comment about Rookie of the Year. Hand, very defensive, hand, very defensive. But don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Find us on social media. I've got all the links down in the doobly-doo. I have overhauled the, the doobly-doo on every podcast platform youtube wherever you get the podcast so you can find all our social media there all the links to shirts and the shop don't forget to stop by there like Briggs said and baseball family we will catch you next week Music.